This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome to episode 528 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. We would like to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Find everything you need for eventing at bitofbritain.com. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, and I'm coming to you from North Chaley in England. And I'm Paul Tapner coming to you this week from Wiltshire, UK. This week on the show, we are joined by American event rider Ariel Grold. We are joined by UK event riders Mary Edmondson and Tom Jackson. So, Liz, it has literally overnight turned into winter in the UK. We've had the most amazing, long, hot, dry summer. And now, you know, it's just come back with a vengeance. We have been eventing in the rain and the mud again. And, uh, yeah, it's been a bit cold as well. I've got the heating on and all sorts. You've been out uh, playing in the mud with your ponies, have you, Liz? Oh, my gosh. South of England, horse trials this weekend, let me tell you. Like, we at least had some warning because we knew it was going to be hideous. And I suppose when you see the weather report and it says 100% chance of rain and wind and cold and sort of think, well, maybe it'll change. Well, it didn't. So <laughs> I had to man means 100%. Exactly. I brought my coats. I actually said, you know, stuff this. I'm going to put my waterproof coat on while I show jump everything and all that. And um, yeah, I had uh, three lovely young horses competing on Saturday at South of England, along with the one star horse uh, on uh, Friday stroke Sunday. And it was absolutely freezing. I couldn't even feel my hands. I was soaked. I used every bit of anything I could think of to try and stay in the tack. And luckily, I have some really great sponsors who provide me with good equipment so I could sort of hang on. Um, and luckily, I came home with the wind tappers and the CIC One Star with my six-year-old. So that kind of cheered me up. CIC One Star winner and a six-year-old. You're a star, Liz. Well done. Yeah, it's his second CIC One Star win of the year and his sixth win uh, total this year. So he is one little special dude and destined well, for... British Championships next week and uh, Lillian, So I was going to say, then, if he's a six-year-old and he's winning at one star, that should mean he's going to go Osberton One Star Young Horse Championships for the British Nationals and then on to Lillian de Angers for the World Championships, one of my favourite events. The Lillian Championships are just amazing. Um, the the, the cross-country course is a work of art there. They are so hospitable. Uh, they give you some really weird French finger food uh, at the cocktail party, <laughs> which is just it's just the highlight of my year going to the, oh, the yeah. welcome party there because you go there and you go, what on earth is that that I'm about to put in my mouth? And even when you're eating it, you go, I don't know. It tastes really bizarre, but I'm going to try another one. It's just, it's great. It's, you know, just part of, part of the honor. Yeah. I look forward and do, to it. Do you know, well, I remember you did very, very well there last year yourself. And I'm, I'm really excited to take two horses to Leon this year. I've got a seven-year-old going uh, in Cooley Quicksilver. And then of course, Cooley Moonshine, who's, been uh, enjoying more winning ways in the mud and is just the hardiest coolest horse ever i mean he just blows my mind every day and he's a bit strong and wild but i think that kind of suits him and he's so incredibly brave i don't think i've ever had a six-year-old like it i never even put my leg on i just hang on and sort of 
try and manage him, literally. Even in the mud, I'm like, whoa, boy, come here. I I like those type of horses. That's the type of my my type of event horse. You just steer and and pick the speed through different amounts of brakes. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I'm super excited for the rest of the year, I have to say. And I'm off to Osberton with uh, three young horses to compete and then Little Downham and then from there, we go on to Colmston with more young horses, and then we go to Bukalo and then to Leon. So it's all go, go, go for the end of the uh, year, which is just how I like it. Bukalo. Oh, no. Oh, are you jealous? Play. Oh, I'm, well, see, I've actually been invited out to Bukalo just to have a meeting. And <gasps> I've, been offered a, I've been offered a room, and I was just thinking one of, my, one of my work co-workers wants to go, and I was like, oh, I could go without a horse, but I might need to find someone who might have a spare owner's pass going. Liz, are your owners going? I remember we partied a bit with them last year. <laughs> they are going, I'm afraid. I've got, um, yeah, the owners are coming to both events back-to-back, which I'm super excited about. Rob and Chris Decino, um, along with their partners, are all going to come to Le Leon, and Subukalo, which is great that they have horses going to both events. So I'm super yeah. excited to have them over. Yeah. It's so much fun. I, you're, you're selling Bukalo to me even more. I think I really, really will have to turn up oh there now just, just, to, just to go to the parties uh, and uh, misbehave and cause havoc. And uh, I might just have to look at the entry list and find out who's, uh, <laughs> who's going as to who I can uh, say, me, please. <laughs> <laughs> please I'll, I'll, me. I'll come and be a really bad groom or a really bad owner. One of the two. <laughs> I'm not sure. But either way, it's probably going to end in tears. Well, so, it uh, is one one of the best parts of the year and i know it's uh, for those people that live in england it is it's a crazy time of year isn't it like this the september october it, you feel like the season's winding down but it's actually the busiest part of the year isn't it for so, for many people absolutely you go from event to event to event and you're just trying to cram as much in as you possibly can before uh, there is no more eventing and it, and it just completely stops which uh, certainly in, in this part of the world it does need to because the weather gets that bad and uh, speaking about bad weather and all this sort of thing, it would be a bit remiss of us not to give a quick mention to WEG. Uh, we, you know, it was aptly covered by uh, the eventing radio show by, um, you know, not ourselves because we weren't there, but uh, there, certainly members of our team were there and there was lots of output there and lots of discussion. So uh, did you watch on TV, Liz? Did you did you cheer? Did you jump up and down with tantrums that you weren't there? How, how, how are you taking <laughs> WEG? Well, do you know what? I sort of, I pretty much knew that they weren't going to fly my horse over just to be traveling reserve, which is probably better, better for the horse, really, as a 10 year old. Um, I I was proud to be on the reserve list, but uh, therefore I was happy to cheer for USA and all the various other team members that I knew. Um, You know, I did watch, I watched as much as I could. I was competing about that weekend, but we did everything we could with FEI TV and Red Button and all that stuff. And I watched a lot and it, it really shook things up, didn't it? It was amazing. I was um, I was kind of blown away. Some things that, uh, you know, some horses shouldn't have had issues with, had issues with on the cross country. And then the show jumping really turned it on its head, which yeah. in a way yeah. I, I thought was good. I think that's how eventing should be. Well, you know, we are predominantly a jumping sport, so both jumping phases should have an influence, and they certainly did. Um, So, you know, it was a real exciting competition. A true championship result or championship course and you think well like you say some of them you wouldn't have expected to have problems but that's part of the pressure of a championship you know you have to deliver on the day at that moment in time Absolutely. at that second in time so uh you know fascinating to watch it unfold and the man with the golden touch mr christopher bartle i mean 
My yeah. goodness. Hey. Unreal, right? Yeah, and so. you know, I'm so happy for Roz. I have to say a shout out because I think she's, uh, you know, been sort of quietly chipping away for all these years and she's such a brilliant rider and she has a great partnership with that giant horse and she's quite a little person, but she does such a fantastic job with, with him and all her horses. So I was really, really excited that, that she won the gold. I don't know about you, but I was, I was thrilled for her. Well, I tell you what, I found it fascinating because uh, with with Roz winning, uh, I I went and went through the archives of the Event Rider Masters and and pulled out and I've clipped up all of her rounds, well not all of them, but a lot of her rounds from Event Rider Masters, and they're on YouTube on our on our ERM channel, and oh, just just so that because pe- people don't really know who Ros Cantor is, and everyone's like, exactly. well, where did Ros Cantor come from? So we know her from uh, the Masters and, and, and being in the UK. She's done really well at Badminton and Burley on those horses. And But it's quite amazing how in the last two years um, she has developed as a confident person, as a confident rider, as a confident competitor. You know, it's the interviews that she was doing uh, for the Masters back in 2016 uh, are vastly different to the ones she did at the beginning of this year when we, we interviewed her. And even the way of riding. So I found it really interesting to go back and and just, you know, I felt like I got to, got to know her by editing up all of these clips of her that were that are now on her profile page on the Event Rider Masters website. So, you know, if you if you're looking to study a world champion and and not just study how they did at the world championships, but uh, you know, also what they do in those last couple of years of preparation to becoming uh, a world champion. Uh, I'd invite you all to to head over to the ERM uh, YouTube channel or even the her profile page on our website. I mean, it is, yeah. I mean, she's she's uh, the world champion. You can't take that away from double gold team. GB. Oh my goodness! Hey? World number one. That's got to be a good feeling. Um, and speaking of that, well, you know, we've got a lot of great riders on the show this week. Not world number ones, but certainly focusing on becoming that. Um, some great results, some really interesting people. And I think we should probably stop yapping, Paul, and we should get straight to the show right after these messages from our title sponsor. Please do support our title sponsor, Bit of Britain, who's been a sponsor of this show since the very beginning. Right now, you can win one of six Optimum Time watches in their Optimum Time watch giveaway. Head on over to bitofbritain.com. You'll see a banner at the top of the page. Six winners will be randomly selected on October the 23rd and notified by email. Of course, the Optimum Time Watch is the gold standard for eventers worldwide. You know, they started out yellow, but you have your choice now of black, blue, green, pink, red, white, and yellow. So you get to pick your color. Head on over to bitofbritain.com and pick up a new watch. Maybe yours is a little old, looking a little ratty, or you just want a new color. The Optimum Time Watch at bitofbritain.com. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, it is international USA eventer, Ariel Grald. Ariel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. 
So, Ariel, we wanted to have you on the show because I was watching the plantation cross-country from my laptop in the UK, as you do, on the USCF network, uh, because I always want to see what's going on. And I have to say, I watched you around, and I thought, she really rode that course on the cross-country. And I know it was wet, and um, we're a bit more used to that here in the UK, probably. But, you know, I was really, really impressed with how well you rode the horse and how forward and positive you were and i i thought the horse looked fantastic and he's a horse i've kind of known about a bit but he's not that old um he's only a nine-year-old and um, can you tell us a little bit more about him yeah thank you he is just a phenomenal horse i am beyond lucky to ride him um he really is a true cross-country horse he's quite strong um so i kind of just have to let him settle in but the the plantation course rode rode well for him he's big strided he's bold he's very honest um and kind of the back half of the course i think probably by the time some horses were getting a little tired in the footing him being a good solid irish boy he was kind of just getting started and there was a lot of a lot of galloping room sort of later on in the course and for me that was nice because i could finally let him go and let him have fun and the more you challenge him, um, he just keeps stepping up. So it's it's been a really fun fun year. It's both of our first season at Three Star. I've done a couple advanced horse trials on some other horses a few years ago, but um, we're just both getting our feet wet at the Three Star level, and he's going better than he ever has. Well, finishing second place at one of the biggest three stars in the USA fall schedule is not too bad. Um, not too bad at all when you're heading up into the three star level. So tell us a little bit more about Plantation for those who, who don't know the event. Um, I personally would love to go there because it sounds wonderful. But this year, obviously, very, very wet on the last day. And the cross country was the last phase in reverse order placing. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that made um, made show jumping a little interesting. My horse was ready to go cross country on Saturday. He was a little bit naughty. Um, and the show jump warm-up definitely benefits from blowing off steam cross country first. Um, but plantation is definitely, as you said, it's the premier, you know, CIC for the, you know, the second half, the autumn schedule in the U S um, everybody goes, you know, pretty much from the whole East coast. It's always a great prep run, you know, for a fall three day, um, whether you're at the one, two or three star level, so it really just is a destination event and they keep they keep adding things every year that just make the event better and better. But I would have to say most of the times that I've been there, um, the footing's often a little hard and a little dry. So this is definitely a change up. Uh, we got a lot of rain Saturday night. Uh, they ended up running most of the two-star horses, I think all the two-star horses cross country on Saturday um, to try to speed things up and, and get as much done before the weather rolled in. But it, you know, we've had a lot of rain on the East coast um, this year in general, and um, that storm just added, <laughs> added to it. So it, it was sloppy going on Sunday for sure. So uh, was it, is that conditions that you're used to? Because, you know, we've just been, Liz and I have been talking about this, that in the UK, you know, we're used to bottomless mud and rain. And, and it was interesting hearing a lot of the Irish and UK riders come back from uh, uh, Hurricane Tryon Wegg uh, that uh, were just yeah. saying, well, well, it was just a storm. Like it wasn't, we wouldn't even get blink an eyelid at the amount of rain. And we, we compete in that all day, every day. And, and I do wonder whether that had an influence on Team GB and Ireland and all that sort of thing. And you already mentioned 
mentioned the fact that your horse is an Irish horse, so you know the mud doesn't doesn't worry him. Does does that sort of thing? Did it affect you? Were you used to it? Were you, was it was everybody else affected by it? Was that something that uh, really really influenced the the day's competition? I mean, I, I with with my particular horse, I wasn't concerned, and I have a lot of confidence in his footwork and in his brain and his ab- ability to cope with it. But we don't in the U.S. We don't get to ride very often in conditions like that. I can think of one other event. It was raining a lot at Carolina International earlier this year, but that was on that's kind of our home based event here in North Carolina, and that was on sand footing. So running around advanced or a three star on, on sand footing when it's wet is very different than than plantation. So I don't, I don't think we get many opportunities to run around and deep footing like that. Um, you know, I think, I think in the U S I, I haven't invented in Europe yet. Um, but <laughs> in the U S we're, we're used to firmer footing and, and I think we have, you know, a lot of people ride on synthetic surfaces most of the time and, um, you know, used to a little bit more manicured, manicured footing. So I, I do think the horses aren't aren't as used to it. Riders aren't as used to it. But two of the biggest three days, you know, in North America are Bromont and in the spring and Fair Hill in the fall. And oftentimes it is wet and raining. Like Fair Hill is notorious for it being raining and gross. So that's kind of it was nice to have a little bit of a wet go at Plantation because you know there's a good chance that Fair Hill could be on the on the muddier side. Um, and if that's the first time all year that your horse has run in mud um, and you're trying to get around a, a CCI course, that's that's a big task. Indeed. So uh, it's great to listen to you say a few things about, you know, preparing you for, for, for that, that event, as well as the fact that, you know, you've already mentioned that a lot of riders and a lot of horses spend their time, too much of their time on manicured surfaces. You know, we have just the most amazing technology and um resources available to us now in terms of synthetic surfaces and we all we all want to look after our horses and keep them on the nice surfaces to to preserve their legs and everything but sometimes you just got to get out there and 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 get used to going across country you know on whatever the cross country going is so uh it's a it's a really interesting concept that i think uh, we could possibly debate on forever and i'm sure liz you, you've got an opinion you know the Americans are they they on surfaces too much? Do they look after the, themselves too much? Are they a bit too wussy? Could they could they do with coming <laughs> over and and uh, and toughening up to some European cross country conditions? Uh, see, Tappers was saying, I'm going to get you in there, Liz. I'm going to make you say something controversial. And, um, <laughs> the one thing I will say, however, is that um, certainly as far as the show jumping and the dressage goes, it is virtually mm-hmm. all on a surface in the US. And over here, we're sort of bumped into a random muddy field on the side of a hill in a howling gale with like some poles thrown on the ground for your dressage and a car parked in the front. And um, I actually you're talking, think you're talking about Burley. Yeah, or many, many. Oh, sorry, I, I remember. Should, I shouldn't be so rude. Sorry, no, so, not at all. You're not talking about those events. Some so, for events. instance, I won't name the event, but last year I did a CIC one star, and I'm, I'm not kidding here. It was on the side of a hill, aiming at the cross country and a field full of sheep, with poles on the ground, and that is it, and two judges. And you did your medium canter, which I was at the time on a green six-year-old, heading towards said giant field, open, full of sheep, and cross-country. And I thought, hmm, 
yeah, I'd probably take a nice fancy arena right now. That would be nice. Um, but I do think, in a way, the young horses, they develop, um, although you sit there thinking, God, I would love to have a nice surface, the young horses learn to find their feet a little bit more when they're having to negotiate variable ground and, you know, at anything. And I do think in the U.S. we have a lot of stuff on a surface. Um, and maybe that's good. Well, I think it's great when I'm there. But... Um, but Maybe there is a call for one side or the other. However, um, it, look, I think even here in the UK, we've had such a dry summer. And this last weekend was the first time I've run mud all year since being here. And even that was like, wow, felt like a bit of a shock. Bit so, it, yeah, it was. And you'd think, God, how am I even being surprised? I've competed in Ireland, whatever. But I think even the Irish have only recently been running in mud because it's been a dry summer. So, I, look, it is our sport. Our, our, our sport has variable ground and we have to be prepared for any of it. And and perhaps there could be a, a line of thought to say maybe the horses should compete more on grass and on random stuff in the U.S. I don't know. Well, you know, there's there's always a, a line of thought amongst those. But uh, so y you didn't. She didn't take my bait there, Ariel. I was trying to get her to, to be a bit rude about her Cape Patriots and Americans because no, she didn't fall for it. Did she? she was very disappointed. I am the anyway, proud American. Of I course, know, I'm not going to fall know. for it. I, I, I know, but I, I had to try, didn't I? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, right, Ariel. I've I've never met you before, and I'm very curious uh, to know a little bit more about you. And so I'm just going to fire a heap of quick questions at you uh and sure. if, if you are allowed to say pass if any of them are too personal because i'm going to start straight away being too personal because that's topic <laughs> rude australian i am uh but just so myself and my listeners uh, our listeners can get to know you so uh Eric, how old are you i'm 29 and what age did you start riding um since i could walk my mom rode and, and had horses so i was on the back of a horse from the get-go and when did you start eventing? Uh, it was probably seven or eight on my first oh, wow. pony. Yeah, just got set off. We were lucky to grow up in Vermont and there was, you know, just always kind of riding out in the open. And, you know, my mom just encouraged me to go off and, um, you know, pursue, pursue what I enjoyed. So I definitely started eventing at a very young age. So on your farm, it sounds like it's not just you as the only rider. So how many horses are at your yard or your stables or farm or whatever it might be? Um, so I'm based in Southern Pines, North Carolina. The farm is owned by um, the woman that owns my horse, uh, Annie Eldridge. She owns the whole farm and pretty much owns all the horses on the property. Uh, we're probably close to 30 horses. Um, she, she breeds, breeds some horses. So a little over half that is kind of the breeding program. Um, but I'm based here full time and I, my strength currently, uh, at seven horses. So I'm, um, well, there you go. You've small, answered, you've answered my farm. next question as to how many horses are yours. So there's seven of yours and what's so the I'm highest, seven, yeah. highest level of competition that you've ridden at? Um, three star. Uh, CIC or CCI? Um, I did my first three, uh, CCI three star at Bromont this spring. Excellent. Uh, so one step away from four star. Uh, and your career highlight so far, what would you class as your career highlight? Um, probably, probably my finish at Bromont. That was both my horses and my first CCI three star, and um, he finished fourth. Um, so that Impressive. was... Impressive. 
Yeah, this year has definitely um, definitely brought everything to another level. I had a previous horse that I owned that I had vented through advanced and won my first two-star and won my first advanced on her. But um, having having the ride on this horse and, and getting to do some CCIs and CIC three-stars this year has really been, been the highlight of my eventing career thus far. Well, I have to say, Ariel, like I said before, I really enjoyed watching the two of you um, go at Plantation, and I thought it was a very professional round. And I'm going to throw this out there to the masses on the eventing radio show. Watch this space. Watch this horse with this rider, because I think the two of you are going to do good things. And I think you need to make your way over to Europe if you can (laughs) and have a really good crack around some giant muddy track out here. Um, I think think, think we both enjoy that. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, It's been a real pleasure having you on, Ariel. And um, how can our listeners follow your up and coming progress with your lovely horse and your other horses, of course? Are you on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? Sell yourself to the masses. I am. I am ashamed to admit that I am not the most avid social media user. I'm trying to be better <laughs> Are we all? all the time about posting more. So I'm trying to be better, but I am on Facebook, um, Ariel Grald eventing. I am also on Instagram. So I'm trying to post more and, um, share, share what's going on. Um, both, you know, with my horses and upper, upper level horses and, and the ones coming up, um, we also have, we do have a web, website, it's settersrunfarm.com. Um, that is Annie Eldridge, my owner, the her farm is Setters Run Farm. So lots of information there about me, about um, some of our young horses, you know, homebreds for sale and, and all sorts of good stuff. So definitely plenty of ways to follow us along. Excellent. Thank you very, very much. And um, we look forward to seeing your results in the future. Okay. Thank you so much. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is British event writer Mary Edmonton. Mary, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Thank you very much. Now, Mary, you're fresh off the back of a very, very good performance in the wet, in the mud, at the South of England event in the Two Star, where you were third behind some rather hot competition. So uh, you had a good weekend? Yeah, it was a really good weekend and where other people probably don't enjoy the rain and the mud, um, it played right into my hands. So yeah, I had a great time. It seems to be the theme of, of this show because we've just been talking to uh, an American rider who's been talking about the unusually wet and muddy conditions they've just been having over there and how she coped with it because she was on an Irish horse. So you coped with the, the, the wet weather at South of England. Uh, why was that? Just because you like being out in the rain or because you've got a, a, a good hunting horse? What, what, talk us through that. Uh, well, similar to the last person you talked to, I was riding um, an Irish horse who was born and bred on the hunting field, I think. And uh, I was brought up hunting on really muddy, ploughed fields for my entire youth. So we were perfectly at home together. Well, it sounds like you definitely were. And look, I was at South of England, so I know exactly what that weather was. I rode in the worst of it on Saturday and on Sunday morning. And um, I actually was thinking later on, oh, those lucky two-star people. It's actually stopped raining and the sun has come out. So, um, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, 
I was a bit lucky for all of you, um, but I ran around the one star in absolutely torrential rain and was freezing to death. So you were all a little bit lucky. However, the ground was what it was. And South of England is notorious for being very, very difficult to make the time. Um, I don't think anybody, oh no, nobody made the time in the one star. And I believe a couple people made the time in the two star, probably because it had stopped raining, which probably made a difference. But how, so how influential did you feel the rest of the competition was. I mean, it definitely was not a dressage competition. And um, in fact, your own score was was a 34. And we wouldn't expect that to be somewhere right up on third place in a big two-star, would we? But uh, surely you planned this, knowing that your horse could run fast at South of England. Um, well, yes. Um, she The horse is actually probably not the fastest horse on four legs. But uh, she is so adjustable and rideable. Mm and um clever that it was I, I didn't actually think i had gone particularly fast um and i it turned out that i'd gone faster than i'd expected but um she just sort of went through the mud really easily and we picked our way and um it it worked out quite well well it is that sort of course there isn't it i think um quite often south of england rewards the efficient horse doesn't it you know you've got so many yes. sort of turns and twists and tight little combinations and you, you know if you end up having a strong horse, although they might be very blood and run through the mud, you might not be able to turn up and be efficient. So I think it probably did, um, did play into your hands. Where, where were you thinking you might've finished when you came through the flags? Were you thinking, Oh, I've really moved up here. Or were you just sort of thinking, Oh, I'll pack up the lorry and go home. (laughs) Pretty much. I thought, you know, like you said, with the 34 dressage, I was kind of middle of the road. And then, um, I actually had one down in the show jumping as well, which is, slightly uncharacteristic for the horse but um so i thought well that was that was i was pleased to have gone clear across country because i'd heard it causing a bit of trouble and it was her first two star um so i thought you know this is great and when i got to the sort of last couple of jumps i thought well i'll I'll push on a bit now just in case i might be in with a chance of winning maybe a tenth or something and then to finish and then they said that i i'd gone into third and i was quite late to go i was i was very shocked it was a sort of (laughs) middle of the road performance and it turned out to be a higher performance than I thought. Mary, one of the things that I love about our sport of eventing is the fact that it doesn't matter whether you are on a first-time two-star horse like what you've just mentioned, or you are, in fact, coming back from the world championships like Miss Gemma Tattersall was, first and second in the class. Uh, You know, she... She's just being greedy. She's gone and got a team gold, uh, you know, at the world championships, flown back in and then gone first and second in the two star. So you're competing against a, a champion, a world champion virtually. And you've come in your first two star. You've come third behind Gemma Tattersall, who was first and second. I mean, that's just an amazing result. I just think that is just such an amazing thing for our sport, such an amazing thing for you to pull off. And as far as I'm concerned, you shouldn't have been in the same class as Gemma Tattersall. She should be in her own bloody class. Tell her to piss off. You won the class, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think I think this is absolutely fantastic. I mean, do you, do you feel the same? Were you were you proud to be up there just behind Gemma Tattersall, nipping at her heels? Extremely. Uh, I, she'd gone a couple before me, and I'd seen her sort of really going for it. And I thought, well, you know, that must be all right to do. Then, you know, if the world champion essentially is doing that, then I think we can all give it a go. Um, and I was really pleased. But it is it, the great thing about the sport as well is it's kind of inspiring to compete against these people. I think you know I'd seen Tina go around earlier in the day, and and um, I think you aspire to be like these people. So to actually compete against them as well and be competitive with them is is really cool. It's very cool indeed. And uh, 
I always like to think that if you finish on your dressage score, you should be winning, you know, if you've got a good enough dressage. And I have to say, we talked about the conditions being really bad. And Gemma was the only one in that class, and it was a big field, that finished on her dressage score with Billy uh, Shania. Shania? I don't know. Yeah, Shania. Yes. <laughs> Billy Shania. And it was the only one to finish on his dressage score. So it's the deserved winner. Absolutely out there fantastic um and then from then on in it is just like you can see the influence of the jumping phases and i'm sure the weather has got something to do with that and like we've already discussed with yourself mary that that enabled you to really you know shine through and uh show what a a good jumping uh combination you and your horse are so because this is your first two star tell us a little bit about yourself are you uh full-time with the riding are you uh schooling you know what, what what are you doing at the moment uh, well, I am, I'm 26, I think, um, and <laughs> I am full-time riding. Um, I, um, when I finished school, I, I took a gap year and I thought I'd, I'd have a go at riding and I did um, the Young Rider Europeans and, and Blenheim and things like this and I thought, well, yes, perhaps I will give it a go. Um, but I went to university first just in case and also to have a good time. So I had a great three years and then I came back from university and I set myself sort of a five-year goal sort of thing and I thought if I'm not getting at least to where I want to be in five years then I better stop and do something else but I feel like possibly getting there now so hopefully I'll continue my career for a bit longer. So you've made it sound all a bit casual but um, you've you've already done Young Rider Europeans and Blenheim you said which is a goal that many people your age would would hope to even achieve at some point. Um, so that's not too bad. And then I think uh, I think that's a brilliant idea to say if you're starting out as um, taking on riding as a profession that you give yourself sort of a a certain year yearly plan, like you say a five year goal, like you said to yourself. I mean, many people wouldn't do that; they'd just go in all guns blazing. That's probably what I've done. <laughs> but <laughs> I think your way is a lot more um, realistic and um, actually quite clever. And especially having been to university, what would have, did you have a get out plan then? I hate to ask that, but did you sort of say, okay, I'll do horses or I'll do X? Well, that's where I probably wasn't quite so clever about the whole thing <laughs> because I didn't really have a backup plan. I thought that I had a degree behind me, so I'm sure I'll think of something if I don't ride. <laughs> so it wasn't quite plan. that sorted out. <laughs> so yeah, that, I wasn't really that That, that sounds exactly the same as myself. That's, I was about uh, to say, got, this is sound, it's making yeah, me feel better. Yeah, that's fine. I, I was I was super impressed with this idea of a five-year goal, but now that you've just dropped the fact that you just did a degree just to have a bit of a, you know, bit of an alcohol session. That, uh, bit of a rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're back on a level playing field with the rest of us now. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Can I just... I say, I, good, but. Well, exactly. And years ago, I remember a few years ago, I was this is a random story, but I was on, I was at the gallops and it was the same gallops that Francis Whittington uses. And we ended up on the gallops together and we we're having, somehow we ended up in some very um, proper chat and it was getting very, you know, about Liz. life and whatever. Anyway, Liz, he said Liz, to me, what really, is your get out plan? Really careful here, Liz, because, you know, oh, when you, when you, if somebody gets on the, you know, a conversation with, with Mr. Francis Whittington <laughs> I, and, they're, and they're female and they're, ah, oh, I'm really worried where this is going. Sorry, carry no, on. No, 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 no. Really... This was a normal <laughs> chat. <laughs> and he just said to me, out of the way, so tell me, what's your get out plan? Like if eventing doesn't work out, what's your get out plan? And it was all very serious. And I'm, I've never forgotten it because I thought, 
oh, geez, like it's kind of scary when you think that because then when you're in the moment, you don't think you'll do anything else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it I'm made really me sort of think, okay. I need to think of a get out plan. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that to you, but you know what I mean? It made me sort of go, oh, what else am I good at? <laughs> what could I do? But yeah. um, anyway, normally, I digress. <laughs> normally on the eventing show, we're trying to big up people and say, come on, yeah, you're great. You're doing it. But now we're, we're, we're telling Mary that, uh, yeah, you've just come third behind <laughs> the world not. champion. <laughs> definitely exactly. not. That is most definitely not our plan, Mary. Well, um, I think this. <laughs> <laughs> I think this idea. So how is this five-year goal going? How far through the? I'm curious of this now. I'm just going to keep hammering on it. How far through the five years are we? Um, I think I'm uh, just coming to the end of my third Six. year. No. <laughs> yeah, <year> ten. <laughs> That's what I'm on. No, coming so. to the end of my third year now. <laughs> <laughs> and third well okay so if you're coming third behind the person that's just got a team gold medal uh at the world championships i think you're you're, say you're going doing on right. the right trajectory there i think you should keep up the good work there and uh so <laughs> this horse's first two star you've you've obviously got a few horses coming through um if you're doing this full time tell us a li- our listeners a little bit about yourself how many horses have you got where are they going what are they doing um, well, I've got, um, I don't really know how many, not a huge amount, but I wouldn't like to count, but, um, I've got, um, some, I'm quite pleased I've got some quite nice ones. I've got another two star horse, um, who's done a couple of two stars this year and hopefully we might try and do a three star next year. Um, and then I've got two really nice six year olds, um, who've been doing novices and one of them's going to Austin for the young horse class. Um, I've got a nice seven-year-old who is just about to step up to intermediate, and I've got a collection of sort of rowdy four- and five-year-olds, which like to buck me off most days of the week, um, so they keep me nice and grounded. Um, so I've got a nice collection of quite young horses who I'm really hoping we can move up the grades slowly. Well, it sounds like you've got a nice uh, full string. You know what they all try and say now? uh, Well, certainly what our (laughs) team coach is always saying to us is to try and have horses coming up through each level. So it sounds like you're trying to sort of tick that box, which is important. And um, (laughs) Yeah, indeed. And and, uh, it sounds like we'll be competing against each other at Osberton, which is a great event. Um, So hopefully I can uh, meet you in person there, which would be fun. Yeah, that and just um, quickly tell our listeners how they can follow your progress, because we're trying to have some more people on the show this time rather than, you know, just the ones that are winning every week and that everybody knows. We've enjoyed having yourself and we've had Ariel Grald on the show from the U.S. And we really want to promote some of you that are trying to make your business and your eventing career work. So are you on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, so tell us everything. I'm on Facebook, um, and uh, the page is called Edmondson Eventing, um, and I try and keep that updated as much as possible. Um, but uh, that's pretty much it, to be honest, <laughs> on the social media front. <laughs> I'm not a great self promoter. <laughs> well, you might have to be now because you may have quite a few people following exactly. along your podcast. Every single one of our listeners will now be logging onto Facebook. <laughs> following Edmonton eventing and looking for the next post coming out of your meeting, Liz, and probably Mr. Francis Whittington having a deep and meaningful <laughs> yes. at Osberton this weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll definitely put that on there. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is British event writer Tom Jackson. Tom, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Hi, thanks for having me. Tom, you've been uh, in winning form recently. Uh, just before the WEG, you uh, went and won the Gatcom International, the Autumn International CIC two-star. So, uh, fantastic performance. Well done. You were happy with that? Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, yeah, I was really happy with the mayor. Um, she's um, had a little layoff uh, recently, so she's only just re- returned back to competition um, and I wasn't, if I'm honest, going to be um, to be super competitive, but uh, just so happened that we we ended out on top. So great result. So um, Tom, I was actually at Gatcom. I didn't ride in the two star, but I did ride in the intermediate. And um, I haven't been to the Gatcom in September for probably at least ten years, which I'm showing my age there a little bit. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it is an interesting course, isn't it? I'm not sure how I say that. I I walked the intermediate and thought okay it's a little bit there's a few questions there that are different they're sort of old hunting kind of what you'd find in somebody's old old like 15 year old cross-country course or something what did you think about it yeah i think i i would agree with you i think the um it's definitely more of an old style course and i think it can actually um catch some of the intermediate horses out there can't it with um, Mm. they're just not used to seeing fences and and doing things like that anymore with uh, the the way the sport has evolved. But, um, yeah, I thought actually the two-star course um, was, was rode really nicely. Yeah, well, I didn't. Sadly, I didn't stay on for that. But I had I was feeling lucky that I had a very brave six-year-old in it and also a very brave seven-year-old running in it. And I was thinking to myself when I walked it, if I had a really spooky one that didn't quite understand you know, or wasn't game on to take it on because it, it, to give our listeners a feel, it's it's a very it's a beautiful, beautiful property in the Cotswolds. So very, very old country, uh, lots of hills. Um, but they love to use um, sort of the the brick wall crossings in and the hedge crossings in and through the woods and you know across the way, and then you know old sort of drops and ditches and everything. And it it definitely does shake things up and it makes the horses back up a little bit, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely. It's um, like we said, it's a real old style course, and I think just where the horses aren't so used to doing that sort of thing anymore. Like you say, they they go in into the woods there, and uh, well, from my the way mine felt anyway, they started off fine, went into the woods, and uh, you know, then came out the other side, and uh, then luckily finished okay, most of them. Um, but it can can really catch a few of them out and, and catch some, some more experienced horses out there as well, can't it? Well, speaking of experience, Tom, your horse that you uh, won the two-star on is, is actually a very experienced horse. He's done a, a lot of three-star competitions. So uh, was uh, the, the – the, I'm going to be rude here and say, were you just pot hunting? Did you just want that fantastic <laughs> Watley Manor Spa? Because I've been guilty of doing that. It's my local event, and I'd have to say, of all of the local riders around here, that's the one two-star event that we all try and win desperately because the prize from Watley Manor, the spa weekend, is just great. I've been lucky enough to win it a few times, and anybody that uh, has beaten me in between the times, we've always been very annoyed at each other. So have you you eyed up that prize, or was it? Uh, I didn't, to be honest. I, like I said, I wasn't actually going for the win um, at the beginning of the week, but um, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to a bit of a break in the winter at Watley Manor. 
Yes, indeed. It is the most amazing place. And uh, it's certainly something that uh, quite a few of the local riders uh, hotly contest every year. But uh, so so this horse, you, you like you say, you, you weren't pot hunting. I, I was being a bit rude there. You weren't going there yeah. just to, to, to win the, 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 the uh, taking an old experienced horse to, to, to win that uh, fantastic prize. Uh, so, you know, two starring instead of three starring. Was there was there rhyme or reason for that? Well, she said she she had a bit of an injury and uh, she'd only done an intermediate uh, two or three weeks before that. Um, and her aim was Warrigan CIC's three star last week. Um, so we were just sort of in preparation for that really. Um, thought it'd be good to give her a spin round there. And I was I was kind of aiming, if I'm honest, for for ten time penalties or so. But I think where she's so experienced. Um, I just cruised around there and looked at my watch when I got to the finish and realised that I wasn't actually that far off off the time. And, um, you know, Tom, we need to uh, obviously give yourself a bit of credit here and, and tell our listeners, you know, you are quite an experienced rider, although you're still quite young in, in the game. You've you had a, a bit of a trip around badminton yourself last year and this year. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. We've uh, been lucky enough to go to Badminton now a couple of times. Uh, both time hasn't quite exactly gone um, to plan for different reasons, but um, we're taking a couple of horses down to Poe at the end of this year and hoping to uh, to really get a good result. Oh, fantastic. So two horses aiming for Poe, which keeps the rest of your season very, very busy as Poe is right at the end of the season. And, um, you know, I've always liked the, I, I love your horse that you took to badminton. Waltham Fiddler's fine. What an incredible horse. And, and he's a horse yeah. that took you from the very beginning of your career in the junior level all the way to badminton, didn't he? Which I think is, is a great story. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been very lucky with him. We, um, we were actually being a bit cheeky when we went to go and get him because uh, I was still on ponies um, and we just went to a local dealer down the road and uh, just to see how I would get on basically with riding some horses and he was there as some wow. sort of cheap, uh, cheap um, horse and uh, he's turned into to the most amazing horse and uh, I've had a lot of fun with him over the years and he sort of owes me nothing now and like you said, he's, he's gone all the way through Pony Club, junior, young rider. Um, he did get a call up for, for Blair at the senior Europeans, but we didn't didn't quite get there. Um, and now four-star. So, no, he's a really special horse. Right, Tom, I'm going to just bombard you with some quick-fire questions so that some of our listeners can get to know you because many of our uh, listeners are Australasian-based and American-based, so they, they don't necessarily know yourself, even though you're you're quite prominent and prolific on the uh, UK scene. So, first of all, how old are you? 25. What age did you start riding? Oh, uh, very young. <laughs> what, age, <laughs> what age did you start eventing? uh pony club so i must have been uh, eight or nine i guess and how many horses on your yard farm at your stables uh we've got 20 horses here at the moment and do you ride all of them yep so uh there's about uh, 18 or 19 that i'm eventing at the moment um and we're very lucky to have a really supportive bunch of owners um, and a lovely string of horses. 
Well, certainly sounds that way. Uh, 18, 19, 20 odd horses is a, is a very much full time job. Uh, so we're certainly mm-hmm. going to be seeing you out and about on the circuit some more. And uh, uh, tell our listeners now how they can follow your progress. Can they get you on Facebook? You're on Instagram. Are you on tweeting? Yeah, so we're on all the normal social media uh, platforms. Uh, it's Tom Jackson Eventing on Facebook, uh, at TJ Eventing on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, come and follow us. Excellent. Thank you very, very much, Tom. It's been a pleasure to have you on, and I'm sure we will see you in an event very soon. Best of luck at Poe. Thanks very much. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Eventing Radio Show presented by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. All of the links to today's guests and topics will be at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for the Eventing Radio Show and, of course, on Twitter at Eventing Radio. We are super modern here. You can listen to the Eventing Radio Show anytime and anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app. It's on iPhone and Android devices. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And of course, you can subscribe via iTunes. Thanks again to our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. I'm Liz Halliday Sharp, and you can follow me on Facebook, Liz Halliday, on Twitter, at Liz Halliday. On Instagram, Liz Halliday Sharp, and of course on our website, hseventing.com. And I've been Tappers in your ears. I'm on Facebook at Tapner Eventing Team, on Instagram, Paul Tapner, on Twitter at Tapner Eventing, and of course the old website, tapnereventing.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.